Well, we have been teaching uh, our new curriculum called How to Stay Current or Staying Current with the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, uh, that he's going to help us this morning. Amen. That's what God's going to do. He's going to help us to stay current. It's his Holy Spirit who's been given to us to lead us and guide us. But the thing about a leader or a guider, you must keep up. It's possible that if you don't stay current with God, he leaves you. Not that he ever leaves you, but he gets ahead of you. And, and then all of a sudden you don't know what's going on. But the cool thing about the Spirit of God is He's always speaking to you to get you back on track, get you back where He needs you to be. And so we're thankful for that. Uh, what we've been looking at, though, starting with last week, was understanding this biblical precedent called times and seasons. And I got a lot of good response out of last week's because we'd never seen that things operate in times and seasons. I think we kind of just assumed or maybe we just kind of felt or, I don't know, maybe we were taught it but not purposely, that everything should be continuous. But things aren't continuous in life. They run in seasons. Even your children have growth spurts. And then you reach a point when you're 15, 19, 20, you stop growing height-wise. And then you kind of set out to this width-wise thing. And hopefully that's just a season. And you can get authority and take, take advantage over that or take authority over it and not get chubby. So this is lesson two called The Unchanging God of Seasons, part two. And we want to call this one spiritual seasons. Look at Ecclesiastes 3.1 there. It says, to everything there is a season, the Hebrew is appointed time, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Notice there, to everything there is a season. That means everything will not be continuous, but everything will have a season. We'll say that again. Everything is not continuous, but to everything there is a season. Uh, you know, you, you may scratch your head and not believe that, but if you stop to think about it, number one, the scripture says so very clearly right there. But if you think about it, natural, just your experience will tell you that. There's a season when you pray a lot. There's a season when you study a lot. There's a season when we're in church a lot. There's a season when you work a lot. There's a season when you're bearing a lot of fruit. And even Jesus Christ said, I must prune you. And any of you that know anything about trees knows that when you prune, there's no fruit being born. And so certainly there are seasons when you bear a lot of fruit. And then Jesus said, I'll prune you that you bear more fruit. So to everything, there's a season. But we're still alive. The spirit realm is still moving. We're still continuous. We're still operating with God. Even in the tropics, we kind of briefly covered this last week. Even in the tropics where it's nice growing weather all year round, only uh, fruit only comes in in certain seasons. In fact, Obangufan, which is Pastor Okwoko's son, whom he raised from the dead, we were having a conversation one day in the compound, and he said, God is so wonderful. He said, because when the coconut goes out of season, the pineapple comes into season. And when the pineapple goes out of season, then the orange comes into season, and on down the road with a bunch of different stuff that, you know, we weren't there for the seasons of all the fruits. So even in the tropics like Nigeria, where they can grow stuff year-round, Things only have a season in which they grow. So what we're trying to show you is that in the spirit realm, in your walk with Jesus Christ, things are seasonal. And so you don't get upset because you're not bearing cherries today or strawberries. It might be the season that your dead branches get broken off. That's called fall or winter. And, and see, even in the natural thing, scheme of life, as a tree grows, it leaves behind certain branches. And in the wintertime, when it rains and storms around here in Tennessee, those limbs break off. You have to go pick up sticks, but that allows more growth further up. 
Maybe you're in a season where limbs are being pruned or broken off, but don't worry, springtime's around the corner. You're going to bear a lot of fruit. Birds will start chirping. Flowers will come out. It'll be pretty again. And if you're in that season, hey, don't worry. It's about to get cool in your life. You're about to go into a bit of a dormant season, but you'll still be alive. It'll be okay. Look at this, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So there's a time for every purpose. And sometimes we miss God because we have a purpose in our heart, and it may be a God-given purpose or a God-given vision or a God-given mission, but if you don't have the timing for it, you can have the right purpose, but in the wrong timing, you're out of the will of God. Uh, our friend Pastor Tim who runs Teen Challenge, he pioneered that thing a little over a year and a half ago. That thing is growing by the hand of God supernaturally. They've had almost 100 uh, decisions for Christ in their center. They've placed almost 100 people in Teen Challenge to come off of drugs. And he said he, that God put that in his heart. God spoke that purpose to him 10 or 15 years ago. He tried to do it like nine years ago and went broke trying it. Here in town, he told me in private, he cashed out his 401k to make that thing work and it failed miserably. They, they went a, made a go at it for two years and it just went kaput. It was the purpose of God. It was the will of God. It was not the proper season. It was not the proper time for that purpose. Now, in the proper season, he's doing it. It's taken root. It's growing. Within less than two years, they're already looking to grow and expand. They're looking to start a men's facility. All they have is a women's facility. So that's a good example just here in our own backyard that you can have the purpose of God, you can have the will of God, you can have the plan of God, but you must also find the timing of God. And if you don't have the timing of God, you're not current with what the Spirit of God is saying. You're out of sequence, you're out of season, and calamity could strike. It could really mess things up. I now think of Moses. He had the will of God. He would be the leader. He had the purpose of God. He would deliver Israel from the hand of Egypt. And he set out to do it, and he killed an Egyptian, and it was about 40 years way too early, and he had to run away. See, he had the purpose of God, but not the proper timing. That's what the Bible verse says right here. And a, a time to every purpose under heaven. So you've got to be careful what you purpose, and once you're careful what you've purposed, then you must pray and seek God to find the timing for that purpose once you're convinced the purpose is of God. A lot of folks mess things up because they have the Word of God, they have the will of God, but it's not the right season. Just try to grow cor corn in January. Corn is the will of God. Lima beans are not the will of God. Don't bother to plant them at all. But corn is the will of God. But you just try to grow them out of season. It won't happen. It'll die and the ravens will come and eat your seed. So you've got to make sure you have the timing of God if you're going to stay in uh, current with the Spirit of God. Everything under heaven operates in times and seasons. This is a spiritual law. Seasonal changes spice things up and keep things from becoming monotonous. Our God is not a monotonous God. Even around here, we go through seasons of a lot of evangelism and seasons of not so much evangelism. We go through seasons where we have a lot of worship and we go through seasons where we have a lot of praise. We go through a season where we do a lot of teaching. Then we go through seasons where we lay hands on people a lot. It's just... It's just seasonal. But the cool thing is, it's God all the time. But if all we ever did was lay hands on people, we'd get in a rut, and it would dry up. And if all we did was worship all the time, we'd get in a rut, and it would dry things up. And if all we did was evangelize all the time, we'd get in a rut, and we'd dry things up. And if all we did was teach all the time, 
we'd get in a rut and we'd dry things up. And if all we did was pray all the time, we'd get in a rut and we'd dry things up. And so you've got to stay current with the Spirit of God by recognizing the times and the seasons. Thank God for it. Our Christian walk is very dynamic and multifaceted and can in no way become a stagnant, plain Jane, same as it ever was lifestyle. As seasons change, change, so should we. So if you'll stay current with God, number one, you'll constantly be going through stages of growth and stages of pruning and stages of bearing fruit and stages of pruning. And that's how you go from glory to glory, from faith to faith and from grace to grace. If you're not staying current with God, you'll be the same Christian you were a year ago or the same Christian you were two years ago or, God forbid, the same Christian you were 15 years ago. No matter how old you get, we saw that in Psalm 92, you should be bearing fruit in your old age. When we taught on the palm trees, we proved there that palm trees bear fruit for 100 years. They produce 600 pounds of dates a year. Their season lasts a long time. And no matter whether you're 15 or 55 or 95, you're going to still be going through seasons of change and growth. Where the Christian gets religious is when they settle down on one thing and they say, this is what I'm good at and this is all I'm doing. This is what I'm known for and this is what I'm going to major on. No, that's not balanced. There are seasons when you need to grow. There are seasons when you need to be fertilized. There are seasons when you need to be pruned. There are seasons when you need to be watered. There are seasons when you need to uh, close up the stipend and all the stomas and all the cells. That's wintertime and shut things down. Then there's seasons when you open it all back up. There's seasons when you pollinate. And there's seasons when you're pollinated. And if we try to just be dormant, close everything off because I got hurt, you'll, you'll dry up. And if all you do is bear fruit, and don't get me wrong here, we are to bear fruit continuously, but I'm just using the horticultural realm of allegory. If all you do is bear fruit, you can't do it in the wintertime and you'll suck all the nutrients out and the earth won't have a time to recycle the soil and get vegetation back in the soil and fertilize the soil. See, this is life. And God, our Father, spoke all of this into existence with one word in the, in the creation in the beginning. And it's a realm, a model of the spirit realm. It's a type and example, a type and shadow of how things go in the spirit realm. So we say all this to encourage you, if things are going hard, that's okay. If things are going easy, that's okay. If you're praying a lot, that's okay. If you haven't won a soul to Jesus in six months, that's okay. But you ought to be looking for the seasons to start changing. You know, about end of September, we're tired of the heat. We're looking for the seasons to change. Come on, Lord, send some fall. Send a nice 50-degree evening. Lord, we're over this heat. And then the fall's gone. All right, Lord, have a little bit of snow. A little bit of snow would be nice. And then about March, all right, Lord, we're over the snow. Can we have some springtime? I want to see some pink, some white, not snow white, flower white, flower red, flower purple. And so you began to anticipate it. But when you're in the midst of it, you should enjoy it. Look, at, I've got this kind of asterisk here. In order to stay current with God, you must recognize what season you are in. Now, here's kind of the catch-22, and this is the reason I made this statement. In order to stay current with God, you've got to be led by the Spirit of God. But we're not all the best at being led by the Spirit of God, and that's okay. So we can recognize what season we're in through the Word of God, because when the Holy Spirit's not speaking to us, the Word of God always is. 
So if through the Word of God we can recognize what season we're in, then we can start, in a sense, fine-tuning the voice of the Spirit of God in that season of our life. If you're so naive as to still be following Christian television, you're going to think it's money cometh to me now season. And that's all you're going to hear, but it won't be the Holy Spirit. But if you can realize, you know what? It's not a money cometh to me now season. It's a time to win souls and make disciples and prepare my heart and my family. It's a time to get clean. Then you can actually begin to tweak the radio of your heart for what the Spirit of God is really saying. Just like if you know what country music sounds like and you run through the dial, you're not going to stop at heavy metal. That ain't country music. I know the voice of country music and that ain't it. And if you know what classical is, there ain't no way you'll stop at bluegrass. And so if you know what season you're in from the Word of God, you'll be able to hear from heaven a little bit better. And that's a good thing. So in order for you to stay current with God, you must recognize what season you're in. So spiritual seasons we can expect. Every season requires different skills and actions. Again, like in the natural, wintertime requires a different set of skills and a different set of actions. In some places, like in the west and the north, you change out your tires in your car, you change out your gasoline, you change out the antifreeze, you even change out the fluid for your windshield wipers. You even have to, some in like the Midwest and up in the north, they have to start plugging in their car at night. It gets so cold. You start changing. Seasons require different skills, where different, different actions, different activities. If you can recognize the season you are in, you will be able to hear accurately from heaven, stay current with God, know what scriptures to apply to the season at hand, and safely navigate through that season. Here's the encouraging thing. No matter what season you are in in your life right now, it will not stay. That may be very encouraging, and that might be a little disheartening because you're having a great time right now, and you think, I've never had so much financial prosperity. I've never had such an awesome phase of my marriage. My kids have never done so much better. I mean, wow, my walk with God. This too shall pass because the season will change and then it will be a season for the enemy to come for the word's sake. Now, I know our word of faith training does not like that, but there are certain things Jesus Christ himself said and you can't undo it. And Jesus Christ himself said, immediately Satan comes from the, for the word's sake. And there's a season when you're bearing fruit and you're prospering and you're healthy and your marriage is doing well. But the reason your marriage is doing well is because last season you worked on your marriage really hard and you spoke the word and you prayed together and you repented of some things. And now you're enjoying a season of fruitfulness. But now it's time to be pruned and God's going to allow more things that are still junky in your heart to come up. And it's going to be a season where we got to work at this again. Have you not learned by now that everything in your life takes work? to make it succeed, to make it prosper, to make it flourish. See, what, what we're really saying with all these messages is you can't stay lazy. You've got to get after it. You've got to polish these things. You've got to be fervent. And different seasons require different sets of work. You with me? I know I'm busting the little fairy tale of, and they lived happily ever after. But that's why all those brothers, Grimm's fairy tales stopped there because they got married and then their life really started. Because then they had to live to work together and they had to bring in income and they had to keep the garden and keep the house and they had babies. And that's not the fairy tale. The fairy tale is all oh, we fall in love and we love each other and it's awesome and wow. And, and then reality sets in. And that's where it gets awesome. 
Below are a list of some of the seasons, just some, some of the seasons the Bible promises we can expect to experience. And again, you don't have to stay, you won't stay in any of these. And the word of God is given to you to come out of these. And you'll come out of these quicker the more you apply the word. But these are biblical, so you can't faith them out of existence. Here's the first one. This is probably the hardest and the least liked. You'll just have to suck it up and get over it. Seasons of temptations, tests, and trials. This is a God-promised season in your life. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7a says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. Look at that. Sometimes you need a season of this. Sorry, it's New Testament written by an apostle inspired of God. For a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith. Uh, that kind of busts the whole word of faith fairy tale right there. Sorry, but I'm going to side with the scriptures in context and scope of the whole Bible rather than a 35-year movement that got into a ditch. This scripture right here says, spoken by the man of God, inspired by the Spirit of God, you might have a rough go at it for a season and it might be needful for you. It's in your Bible. This is a point where I always take a poll. How many of you have ever been in heaviness through temptations or tests? And every hand goes up. And then I'll always say, how many of you could probably just spiritually discern that you might go through another season of spiritual tests and temptations and heaviness? And every hand will go up. So then why do we have a problem with this? Because we want to believe the fairy tale. <laughs> but there's no reality in it. And there's no biblical truth in it. The Bible promises here a season, if need be, of heaviness. Here's the thing, though. How do you build muscle? Lifting heaviness. How do you get stronger in your legs? Squatting heaviness. How do you build endurance? Running through heaviness. That's why he started off by saying, you rejoice. We want to, we, we've been trying to rejoice that we don't have to go through anything. Oh, no. Oh, my faith can faith it away. No, no, no. Your faith makes you strong and you're able to endure it. Because one of the reasons we've been given faith is because he knew we'd have oppositions, tests, trials, temptations. If you didn't go through that, you wouldn't need faith. But he knew you'd go through it, so he gave you faith. So really, you ought to get excited because when you go through heaviness, it's just basically you, you hitting the spiritual gym, and I'm getting stronger. I'm getting buff. I'm getting muscles. I'm getting in shape. You get in shape because you have things to do. Let's look at another verse, since you guys don't like that one so much. 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, well, the word a while there indicates a season. After you have suffered a while. Oh, there's the word of faith kind of fairy tales dissolving some more. After that you have suffered a while. You should expect to suffer. Or do you think your life doesn't need to subject to the word of God? Or do you think the word of God is not applicable in your life? He, Paul, I mean, excuse me, Peter, by the spirit of God again, saying after you have suffered a while. Quote your Hebrews. The Lord Jesus was made 
perfect by the things which he suffered. You want to be perfected? Then be like Jesus. It'll be okay. Because every one of us in here has suffered something. Every one of us in here has suffered the loss of something. Every one of us in here has gone through a hard time, a temptation, a test, a trial. And yet we're all still here this morning, looking prettier than ever, smelling better than ever, enjoying life more than ever. And you're okay. And some of you are going through stuff right now. And you're okay. So I don't know why our heart rejects and recoils at this, though we're supposed to build doctrine out of the Word, and this is the Word. It's New Testament. It's not even some weird book like Haggai. It's New Testament. It's Pete. We know Pete. We can say Pete. First Pete. Not Haggai or Habakkuk. (laughs) After that you have suffered a while, make you perfect. Just like Jesus was made perfect by the things which he suffered establish you. You'll never be established if you don't go through anything. Like I've taught you in regular services, a good drought is actually good for trees because it causes their roots to go deeper, looking for deeper water. It makes their foundation deeper. And a good drought of the Holy Ghost of God in your life and the, ooh, the rain of God in your life will cause you to get down on your knees and pray more, and seek God more, and cry out to God more. And when you finally tap in with deeper roots, you'll say, Ooh, praise God. Let the winds blow. I'm stronger now. And you'll say, that wasn't such a bad drought till a batter drought comes along. Oh, my God, Lord. And you put down deeper roots, and you get bigger. And also, like I've taught you, there's just as much tree underground as you see above ground. You want to try to be a great big old oak tree with one little bitty taproot under the surface. And that's just not how this thing works. So, let's read another verse. We'll strengthen you, settle you. Revelation 2.10. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Now, in your Bible, that's in red because Jesus Christ is speaking it. Notice, thou shalt suffer unless thou believest the word of faith that was taught in thy nation for 60 years. No. And we're not belittling the word of faith. Thank God for it. It taught us how to operate in the word of God when these things did come against us. But Jesus Christ here says, fear none of the things which you will suffer. Now, we're not trying to scare you, but you're going to go through stuff, and it's a season, and it's okay. Fear none of the things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Well, ten days is just a season. Ten days is a short season. That's not bad. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So thank God we can be faithful unto death and receive a crown of life. But the promise here is that you will suffer stuff. You'll go through stuff and that's all right. Let's look at another scripture here, Proverbs 24, 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Notice day of adversity, day of adversity, not lifetime of adversity, just a day. See, I'm showing you these scriptures to prove to you that you're going to go through a season of tests, temptations, Trials. It's just a season. 
And after you come through that season, you'll come forth as gold and God will say, well done. Hey, praise God. And you're blessed and you grow and you prosper and you have a season of flourishing. And then you can expect another season of hard time. And that's all right. Based on this scripture, every Christian can expect a season of heaviness through temptations and trials of their faith. We might call this the season of faith testing. God does not tempt us, but he will test us. Satan tempts us. Do not mistake the two. Adam and Eve had a faith trial, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam had, uh, excuse me, Abraham had faith trials. Uh, he was commanded to leave Ur of the Chaldees and then the command to sacrifice his son. Israel had faith trials, the commandments concerning the daily handling of the manna. And Jesus was even tempted of the devil for 40 days. And then the devil left him for a season. So what that shows us is these things, these hard times come not for you, but for your faith. Your faith is what's being tested. Your faith is what's being on trial. Your faith is what's being squeezed and pressed. You shouldn't take it personal and know this, that your faith will always win. God promised it in 1 John, your faith is a victory. So if you can look at the hard time that you're in as just a trial of your faith, you can say, hey, ah, this is just trying my faith. And you know what? My faith is the faith of the Son of God, according to Galatians 2.20. I'm going to come through this. My faith can't fail. My faith is the victory. And my faith will get deeper in the word of God, deeper in the soil, deeper into the things of God, and I'll grow bigger next time. I think we faint, though, because we don't realize how strong our faith is and because we take it personal and because we don't know our God as we should and we want to just quit and run home. You can't do this. In this season, don't expect God this is where we're going to show you how to apply the word in different seasons. In this season, the season of temptations, tests, trials, afflictions, hard times, lean times, don't expect God to emphasize money, healing, things, stuff, or future ministry, etc. In this season, God will speak to you about not quitting, not giving in to sin, not getting depressed. When you're being squeezed, he's not going to talk to you about buying a house. He's not going to talk to you to go rebuke somebody. See, if you know what season you're in, you can start filtering out voices. Sometimes folks get pressed in a marriage and the husband thinks it's time to go rebuke the wife because she's the reason he's unhappy. No, he's unhappy because he's being tested and tempted. Also, when you know what season you're in, you'll know what decisions not to worry about. We, we make this statement around here. When you're under attack, when you're in the season of temptation, trial, affliction, this is not the season to go make big decisions. This is not the season to go buy a house. This is not the season to go on vacation. When you're under attack, you know what's God and what's not. When you're under attack, you know, you think about military. When they're being shelled or rockets are coming in, they're not playing PlayStation. They got their bulletproof vests. They're taking cover. They're filling bags full of sand, building up higher bunkers. They're covering their head. They're not playing pinochle or poker. They're not taking showers. And if you can recognize what season you're in, you'll automatically know what to do to come out of it quicker. And God knows what season you're in, and that's what he's going to be speaking to you about. God will speak to you about not quitting, not giving in to sin, not getting depressed, etc. In the natural, everything gets tested. You'll never know what your faith is made of if it is not tested. Notice it's not you being tested. It's the trial of your faith. The trial of your faith. And because you have faith in God, the devil's going to come for your faith. And he'll come immediately for the word's sake. 
There's some other scriptures there you can look at when you get some time. Be seasons of sowing. Again, we're talking about different seasons of your life so you can know what, what, where you're in so you can stay current with God. Uh, Leviticus 26, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and your threshing floor shall reach into the vintage. That means you'll be able to have enough stuff to thresh until it's time to do the wine thing. And your vintage shall reach into the sowing time. That means you'll have wine and the wine season will last until it's time to sow again. Basically, in a sense, you'll just keep, you'll transition from one season to the next. From one, there's no downtime if you serve God. But notice there you see two seasons, rainy season and sowing time or the season to sow. And you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. That's an awesome scripture there to pray over your family that we eat bread to the full and we dwell safely. But the caveat, the conditions, the very first part of verse 3, keep God's statutes, walk in His commandments, and do them. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, 2b, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. There are seasons, according to these verses, and we just know it just because it's common biblical sense, there's seasons that you sow. And because there's seasons that you sow, then you can expect a harvest. Now, some of you we've talked to in private, you sowed some stuff in the past and you're reaping a bad harvest right now. And as you're reaping that bad harvest of sin, debt, misery, infidelity, I don't know, you need to be sowing the Word of God constantly so that you can reap a harvest of the Word of God in your life. Sometimes the word we're sowing right now is, Lord, have mercy on those seeds I sowed yesterday. Lord, have mercy on those seeds I sowed 30 years ago. Lord, have mercy on the seeds I sowed five months ago. And that's the seed you're sowing now. But there is a time to sow. There's a time to plant. There's a time to be planted. And you've got to recognize this season. There's a time to sow. In the natural, this is a seasonal activity. The conditions must be right for sowing to be effective. We are to always sow the word into our heart, but there will be some seasons when we need to double up on the sowing, i.e. times of sickness, calamity, depression, attack, etc. We are always to sow finances, but there may be times when we need to step out in faith and really stretch our giving. And I would say there might be times we need to step out and really sow evangelism. We need to step out and really sow prayer depending on what season you're in. You know, if you're under heavy attack, you need to really be sowing the Word of God in your life. You need to be really speaking it. If you're one that's given over to sin, say pornography or, I don't know, fornication, you need to really spend some time sowing the Word of God in your heart and say, you know what? I don't need to fornicate. I'm not an animal. I'm not a dog. I'm not a sex object. I can control my lust. I can control my passions. Or if you're going through a financial lean time and business is hurting, you don't need to go buy a house or go on vacation. That's dumb. You need to sow the word of God that says, my God supplies my needs. My God causes my hand to prosper. My God takes care of me. My God gives me wisdom of witty invention, with a knowledge of witty inventions. My God teaches me how to increase. That's what you sow in that season. If your marriage is under attack, you recognize that season and you sow the word for your marriage. We love each other. I rejoice with the wife of my youth. I honor my husband. I call him blessed. We have a wonderful marriage. We honor one another. We're not tempted to look at another person or another uh, woman or another man. 
and you sow that word in that season. Really, sowing season will correspond with whatever season of temptations, tests, and trials you're under. The two go hand in hand. And if you don't recognize what season you're in, you won't know what seed to sow. And that's why the body of Christ is weak in America, because Christian television and all those hireling heretic charlatans on Christian television tell you that it's a season of money, and it's not. There might be short seasons of it for your life, but God is not emphasizing money to His church right now. The guys on TBN are, because they have jets to fuel, mansions to build, and floozies on the side they got to pay to keep their mouth shut, and that is going on in America today. And they need your offering to do it. So next time you give to TB and realize you might be helping that dirty preacher pay to keep his mistress quiet. You would need to be led by the Spirit of God and help the local church keep the lights on. Amen. Seasons of reaping. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap. Look at that. Another season of reaping. In due season we reap if we faint not. Sowing and reaping is a seasonal process. Sowing takes one kind of work. That's why it says, don't faint. Well, I confess the word and it doesn't work. Keep confessing it. It will work. Well, I try, I try to speak the word. I prayed. I went to church once and I went to church three times and they offended me and it didn't work. The Bible verse says, Galatians 6, 9, be not weary in well-doing. It's amazing you don't grow weary in feeding your face. And that causes your derriere to prosper. And your seat pant size to expand. <laughs> How come you grow weary in feeding yourself the word and speaking the word and sowing the word? Sowing takes one kind of work. Reaping takes another kind of work. Sowing is work to give out. Reaping is work to bring in. According to this verse, reaping is only seasonal, not continuous. You can expect some seasons of no reaping, and that's okay. Now, if you listen to TBN and all those dirty heretics, they'll tell you that every offering you give in, you should expect a hundredfold return. Not a soul has ever received that on the planet, and neither will you. So there are seasons you can expect no reaping, and that's okay. That's why this is called a faith walk. We keep sowing, we keep sowing, we keep sowing, we keep doing. We don't faint, we don't grow weary in well-doing, we keep sowing. This is a season of our life. And you'll go from one kind of sowing to another kind of sowing. And you'll start to reap here, you'll reap there. You, you know, uh, lots of times we sow the Word of God, we don't see benefits. Lots of times we preach the Word, we don't see benefits, but we keep preaching. We keep evangelizing. We keep telling folks to go to church, pray, read their Bible. We keep telling folks to stop stealing the tithe. We keep telling folks, hey, uh, uh, stop fornicating. We keep telling folks, hey, quit arguing in your marriage. And eventually it'll bear fruit and it'll harvest and it will reap something. There are seasons of no reaping and that's okay. I say that to encourage you. Well, I've done all this and it ain't going right for me. That's all right. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. The Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season we'll reap. It's just not the reaping season yet. It's okay. Don't get discouraged. Don't think there's anything wrong with you. You keep doing what you know to do. Victor Plymer was a missionary to Tibet. He labored sowing the word for 17 years. 
before he won his first convert to Christ. That's no reaping season for a very long time. But he stuck it out and kept sowing the word and kept sowing the word and kept sowing the word and labored faithfully for 50 years and was probably the very first person to ever take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Dalai Lama. And he preached Jesus Christ in many of those demonized Buddhist temples throughout Tibet and spread over uh, tens of thousands of gospel tracts throughout Tibet almost 100 years ago now. But 17 years, because it was rocky soil, 17 years of sowing before he reaped a harvest. Perhaps the reason you've not reaped a harvest yet in certain areas of your life, and we're not just talking money, that's the littlest, puniest, patheticest thing, but in your marriage, in your heart, in your heart for God, in your heart to win the lost, is because it's just rocky soil there. But even grass will come up in between cracks of concrete and begin to destroy the concrete. And that's how this thing works. Christians sow the word in their own life often for years before they get the victory or fruit over sin in their life. In our local church, we sow the word for a season and then the Spirit of God moves mightily for a season. We constantly sow tithes and offerings and have seasons of reaping lots. That's promotions and raises. And we have seasons of reaping little. Our substance lasts longer. So you sow tithes and offerings, and uh, sometimes the manifestation or the reaping of it is you get a promotion, you get a house, you get your car paid for, you get debt, you get a raise, you get an inheritance. Uh, somebody comes and gives you finances out of the blue. That's a, s a sudden reaping. But sometimes the reaping that we do with tithes and offerings is little. Our substance just endures longer. Our cars don't break down. Our shoes don't wear out. Our, our family's healthy. Our house doesn't get robbed. Our house doesn't get destroyed in the storm because the devourers rebuke for our sake because we're tithers. See, sometimes there's a lot of reap. Sometimes it's just a little reap. But either way, we keep sowing because in due season we reap. So this is just another season in the Word of God. Seasons of miracles. Thank God for this. Look at John 5, 4. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first at the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Notice it said at a certain season. Now you would ask, well, how come God didn't send the angel every day to trouble the water? Every day and every day. Because God is bound by his own word. And he says to everything there's a season. So even God operates in seasons. So here with this angel, he'd only go down at a certain season, trouble the water, then somebody would get healed. And then there would be nothing for a season. Then the angel would come again, trouble the water, and whoever came in. We knew this was a, a cyclical thing because everybody was gathered there waiting for the angel. It was a known occurrence. The Bible says there was all manner of sick folk and all manner of ailment there. And they knew if we're here for the proper season, we'll get a miracle. Why not every day? Doesn't God love us? Yes. But not every day because his word says for everything there is a season. But these folks were waiting for that season. In our country, we've had seasons of miracles and we've had seasons of revivals, but they are not continuous. In between time, we must live by faith and then use our faith to bring about another season. If we lived in continuous revival or continuously miraculous, we wouldn't need faith. But faith brings to pass the miraculous. Faith brings to pass revival and then faith sustains it and then it has to die off 
be pruned and come back again. And when it's pruned, it comes back even stronger. Here, an angel only provided healing at a certain season. The angel was not continuously coming and going. This type of outpouring seems to be a seasonal occurrence, just as revivals are seasonal. Revivals come when things have died out and must be revived. A revival is a seasonal move of God. America experienced a healing revival 60 years ago. It lasted for a season, and we have not seen one since. Now, I would say we've had continuous reapings of healings here, healings there, healings here, healings there. But back in the 40s and 50s, there were dozens of international ministers crisscrossing the country, having tens and dozens and hundreds of healings every night of the week for years. And Brother Hagin even said back in those days, it was the easiest thing in the world to get somebody healed. Back then, the folks that didn't get healed, that was the rarity. Back then, everybody who came, I mean, 90% of them, they were getting healed. It was a season, we could say, of an angel coming down and troubling the water for America. That season only lasted a few years, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And then it dried up. Mostly because some of those preachers got dirty. They went through a season of temptations, tests, and trials, and they failed. What we need is to use our faith to bring these seasons back around. This season lasted, and we have not seen one since, but we have seen healings, but not on the multitude that was witnessed in that season of miracles back in the 1940s and 50s. And between seasons of revivals and miracles, we stand in faith and we stir ourselves up. Notice the angel stirred the water up there. In the New Testament, the Bible tells us to stir ourselves up. Real quickly here, seasons of prayer and fasting. Luke 4, 1 and 2. And being full of the Holy Ghost, uh, Jesus returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. Those days talks about a season. For 40 days, he fasted, ate nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. This is also a scripture that talks about seasons of temptations. Jesus was tempted for 40 days. Luke 5, 34 and 35. And Jesus said unto them, Can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? The answer is no. But the days will come, talking about a season that is to come, when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Now, we currently live in those days. These are days of fasting. This is a continuous season of fasting. You ought to live a fasted life. You ought to fast from time to time. My pastor teaches you ought to fast your attractions so they don't become distractions. If you're one to watch television every night of the week, you ought to go a week without it just to do it. And watch how much your flesh fights. Right now, my wife and I don't have television because I don't want to pay for it. And you know what? It doesn't bother me a bit. It's no longer a distraction to me. I no longer miss it. Maybe some of you, it's your internet, your Blackberry, your iPod. Maybe some of you, it's fornication. Have you thought about fasting fornication? That's a novel concept. Fasting sin? Praise God. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Defraud you not the other, except it be with consent for a time. For a time, that's a season, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. So this is talking about, again, a season where you must give yourself over to fasting and a season where you've got to give yourself over to prayer. And come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So there are seasons in our life when we've got to do more praying and seasons in our life when we've got to do more fasting. And this is a spiritual season. You ought to live in this constantly. 
You ought to be looking for that season to be every other week. You ought to be looking for seasons of a lot of prayer. And then when you stop praying so much, Lord, is there something wrong with me? I haven't prayed much this week. I need to pray more. And you can get to where you're actually hungrier for the spirit realm and for God than you are for food and entertainment, fornication and sex and living like an animal. Jesus said that his disciples wouldn't fast while he was with them, but that after he was taken from them, then the season of fasting would begin. That's the church age. There are seasons when you must pray and fast more than others. Your normal lifestyle must be put on hold. Your natural appetites must be reined in through fasting, and more time is spent in prayer. A greater level of Bible study would also accompany this season. This is a spiritual season that the Holy Spirit would lead you into in order to accomplish greater things. I would also add that the seasons of temptations, tests, and trials should probably also coincide with these seasons of prayer and fasting. Learn to recognize the season you are in so that you may cooperate with God and stay current with the Holy Spirit. We covered a lot this morning. I would go back and study that for yourself. That's only because the next service, is, the next lesson is also on seasons and the personal seasons of your personal life. We're going to cover the four definite stages of Christianity that the Bible talks about. Babes in Christ, little children, young men, and fathers. And if you can recognize what phase or season you're in as a Christian, you can know how God will and won't talk to you because he's never going to tell a little child to rebuke a father. And yet some of you want to rebuke our elders, and that's just insane. You're not hearing from God. So be dismissed. We'll be ready for regular service in about 12 minutes.